This week on the Road to Cinema podcast, director Amanda Lippitz of the Sundance Film Festival documentary Step, which opens in limited theaters on Friday, August 4th. Winner of a special jury prize at the Sundance Film Festival for inspirational filmmaking, Step takes us inside a girls' high school step dance team set against the backdrop of inner-city Baltimore as the girls face the struggles of graduating from high school and their ability to pay for college while also dealing with the social unrest going on in their troubled city. Director Amanda Lippitz shares how she gained access and trust to the subjects of her film and how trust is such an important aspect of making a documentary. We'll also learn how her seven-year filming process carried over into editing the film and some unique insights to filming dance sequences for a documentary. Follow us on Twitter at Jog Road, Instagram at Jog Road Productions. Subscribe to the Jog Road Productions YouTube channel to watch video interviews with Don Cheadle, Ewan McGregor, Greta Gerwig, and many more. You can also like our Facebook page, Jog Road Productions, and don't forget to subscribe to the Road to Cinema podcast on iTunes, and you can also write us a nice review on the iTunes podcast page. And now we join director Amanda Lippitz as we discuss her new documentary step, which opens in limited release on Friday, August 4th. Documentaries are all about access and timing. So how did you find this group of girls at the perfect time when they would really be developing and, and uh, going through this incredible transformation? So um, it really is all about access and timing. And, you know, also things are just sometimes meant to be. Um, and like all roads lead you down a path and you're not really sure like when that path started. Um, for me, I'm a Broadway producer in my other life. And on the side of my Broadway career, I was making shorts about first generation students going to college and girls education. And I was really blown away every time I told the story of a first generation student going to college and, um, what that meant for that family. And, um, I worked with a group of schools in New York called the Young Women's Leadership Schools. They're about hundred percent graduation rate, public schools in New York. And I was really blown away by these schools and what they were doing for these girls and this special sauce they had. I'm born and raised in Baltimore. My mom is born and raised in Baltimore, has been an activist there my whole life for women and girls. Um, I remember a domestic violence hotline being run out of my dining room table for several weeks. And I was just really inspired by these schools and the work I was doing there, making these films. And I suggested to my mom she might want to replicate one of these schools in Baltimore. And she did. And she recruited her daughter to make films for her. So I met these young ladies when they were 11 years old and I was just coming in and out of their classroom, you know, five or six times a year, not classroom, but the school itself, five or six times a year with cameras. And that's how they knew me. But I also came to school a lot without cameras because I was part of the community and um, supporting my mom and every other person there in, you know, make realizing it. Um, so they, you, you'd be making shorts with them over mm -hmm, this time too? Mm -hmm. Okay. And they started the step team in the sixth grade, but I didn't know really about it. I mean, I heard that there was a step team, but I, I didn't really know um, about stepping. I didn't know about the rich history of it coming from the mines in Africa and being a means of minors communicating with each other and to now in North America being a collegiate sport and something you earn by going to college in an African-American fraternity or sorority. So I didn't know any of that, but I knew musicals. And uh, in the eighth grade, Blessin, who's the captain and founder of the step team, came up to me and said, the next time you come to school with cameras, you're going to come film the step team. And I did. And she had everybody lined up ready to go. And I walked in. And for me, it was like a musical. 
it felt like a musical and they were expressing their hopes and their dreams through step and the step was pushing their story further. And I just thought, okay, like this could be a documentary. And then in the ninth grade, I was making a short about the school and I just filmed them stepping. Like I just learned how to film step and that style of movement and lots of different locations and did some cutting and pasting. I wasn't delving into their personal lives. And at the end of the ninth grade, I had a meeting with all the families and I said, I have this idea. I want to make a documentary about your daughters and their teachers and you all. And um, you know, change the conversation about Baltimore and show this incredible step team at this incredible school and these founding this founding class of girls who are going to be the first in their families to go to college. And everybody signed on. And in 10th grade, I did a lot of interviews getting to know the girls on a deeper level, talking to them about what step meant to them and, and who they really were, what their hopes and dreams were. And then in junior year, I did more verite filming. Um, and bless and miss 53 days of school. My lead character missed 53 days of school and uh, got kicked off the step team. And it was incredible to watch the girls pull each other in and be sisters and the school pull her back in. And um, then Freddie Gray was killed in April of their junior year. So I kind of decided in my head, okay, this story has to start with Freddie Gray. Um, because I watched my hometown burn on national television, it became even more important to change the conversation about Baltimore, but it also moved the finish line for these young girls as they approached their senior year. And the stakes just seemed so much higher um, to be the first in their families to go to college, to become a championship step team. And so senior year, we hit the ground running and didn't stop. So what are some of the challenges of filming step? Was that something that you had uh, sort of tested out in terms of how you wanted to conceive it? Yeah, I mean, you have to, there's just lots of different ways to film it. I, you know, stationary is not one. Putting them like in a sound stage or any type of like environment that is not natural for step always looked very weird. Like it just looked odd. And um, I, so I quickly learned that it was a lot about setting. Um, And then I also found that the camera has to move with the girls, like even if it meant like moving in and out of them as they were stepping and like kind of weaving in and out and almost mimicking their movements, like shadowing them or I would say outlining um, the team. Um, so that was something I learned. And um, and then in when I actually went to make the feature, um, I realized – that the sound wasn't what I wanted. Um, even though I had had floor mics all around, I wasn't. it wasn't feeling like a crisp sound. And I was really lucky to have Raphael, Sadiq, and Laura Cartman scoring the movie. And they watched the movie and they said, the problems with your step scenes are, the reason why you're not liking the performance is because the sound's not right. And they went in and they made stomps and claps of all the girls. Um, they made a machine basically that oh. was their stomps and, then and they their. They synced cl- it up with everything on. Film. Wow. So it was. Aw- it truly changed the whole thing. Like I was happy with the edit, but I was like watching it, and I'm like, why is this not satisfying me? Why is it not taking me away? And so I really had to treat it like you would treat a, a you know, a scripted movie um because that's what they would do if there was a big musical number and the whole thing is a musical anyway so it uses all those familiar musical tropes using sort of the 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 incredible circumstances that are happening around the freddie gray tragedy Mm -hmm. and what's going on with these girls i mean was it very natural for you to change the story as things were progressing 
Did you feel like everything was developing around you in a way? Everything that happened was going to happen whether I was there with cameras or not. And I think that, um, you know, Freddie Gray's death gave them courage and conviction to give their all to the film. And they did. And so I really think, and, and also give their all to getting into college and give their all to changing the conversation about Baltimore. It was like, it just turned the flame up in such a big way. Uh, you have a career, you know, as a Broadway producer going into feature films. Do you feel like that was a benefit for you to, to have that experience? What did that bring to directing a documentary feature? Well, I think making an original Broadway musical is probably the hardest thing you can do in the creative <laughs> world. Um, just the balance of it all, the book, the songs, the costumes, the lights, the music, the, the scenery, um, just the story, getting the story right, having it hold your attention. Um, and... You know, I think I just learned so much about being a storyteller from it um, that when I went to make my first feature film, um, I was able to maybe be less precious about things. Um, I didn't, I was okay cutting a scene. I was precious about nothing. Um, I just wanted to tell a good story and I wanted to use the music to propel it forward. So all the kind of musical theater tropes that I had learned you know, a big opening number that tells you who these people are and what they want. And so the opening of the film is the lethal ladies chant, you know, sisterhood and integrity, you mess with my sister and you mess with me. And then that repeats itself in the 11 o'clock number when they're at their big competition, you hear those same lines, those lyrics again, and they mean something different now. What is the key to making people comfortable in front of the camera? Because every, everything seems so natural. You're, it's like a fly on the wall in the film I mean how do you really get the best out of your subjects I mean I just think my grandmother always used to say one heart feels another and I think if somebody feels your heart that it's in the right place that it it's you know um, your heart's in the right place and they feel you feeling their pain which I did or their joy um, that is um, obviously the way to gain trust and then I think you have to um, want to be there when the cameras are not there. Um, you have to, you know, I would have been a part of these young women's lives and a champion of the step team, whether I was making a documentary or not. If the documentary hadn't worked out, they would still have been a part of my life and I would have, you know, still been at those step shows cheering them on because I just loved them. And I think, um, you know, documentarians have to truly care about their subjects or you won't ever be able to get that intimacy. Did you ever feel that there were any boundaries? Did you ever feel like you had to step back in certain situations that uh, were, too, were too rough in a way? Um, what do you mean rough? Uh, there were, you know, very, you know, there was a lot of emotionally sort of pulling moments mm -hmm. in the film. I mean, did you feel at any point that anyone was saying, hey, I don't want to be on camera or... I mean, when they did that, I, of course, um, I would try to ex remind them, like, we're doing this for a reason. Remember the reason we decided to do this. And and usually that would bring them back because they'd be like, okay. Um, but if I, 
if they were in a bad mood and it just like wasn't like the day that they wanted to film, like I totally respected that. I didn't want to be annoying. Um, so, and I also like, I think they knew they only had like so many times to be like, hey, get out, you know? And so yeah. they used it sparingly because they knew that like I would say yes. You know, they knew that I would be understanding. So in a way it made it so they they wanted us to stay around. My crew, um, Casey Regan, my DP and John O'Field who did audio and second camera when we needed him to, um, the girls fell in love with them as well and loved having them around and um, the families loved them too. So that made it obviously so much better to have people that they wanted all of us there, um, not just me. They felt comfortable with Casey, as comfortable with Casey and Jono as they felt with me in some circumstances. Um, so I think that the other thing that I did in terms of like the scenes where like the, like Blessing, you know, says that they're on food stamps and has no food. Like I didn't, I knew that they were on food stamps, but I didn't know there was literally no food in the refrigerator and that Tyon was actually like really waiting for dinner. Um, and, you know, in that moment, like first of all, I wasn't looking in the monitor. I wasn't making sure I had my shot right. You know, I was looking at lesson and I could have cared I mean I knew Casey was right there getting the shot and then it was beautiful and I didn't need to worry about that I could just focus on her and let her speak um but the other thing I did was I knew I was going to run into these issues when I started senior year because I could already tell like junior year that like you know the fact that I had funds and they didn't was like definitely the 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 only thing that was really different about all of us you know um and so I kind of made a decision going in senior year that these families were trusting me with their daughters who were minors for like sometimes eight to 12 hours a day and I just made a rule I said guess what if the girls are with us and it is a mealtime they are fed by us they are not going to get food somewhere we feed them and when they're done filming, they're transported home safely. And if that meant calling two Ubers to get, you know, girls home, that's what we did. And it served us very well because we just had that as a blanket rule no matter what was going on. Yeah. Well, I think that's key. You know, you're connected to your subjects. You're emotionally there. You're not just sort of keeping your distance. You're very much involved with them. Yeah, I mean, when Corey is having her moment, if you had kept the camera running any longer, what you see in the film, you would see me jump in and wrap my arms around her. It was like, okay, I can't watch you cry any longer. Like, you know, I need to hug you. I need to tell you that it's going to be okay. Now, you mentioned you were filming a lot of them 10 hours a day going into the editing process. That must have been overwhelming to have so much footage, even though that you had an idea of what the full narrative would be to have that much footage and then to tackle it. I mean, were there a lot of things that you felt that you had to cut out completely? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I had 400 hours of footage and the movie's 83 minutes. So my editor, Penelope Falk, is incredible beyond any, I just can't say enough amazing things about her. When Penny, um, before Penny signed onto the project, you know, she, I was a first time director. She was this experienced award-winning editor. And she's like, I want to sit with you and I want you to show me the moments, the scenes that you see in the footage. And so I spent about, you know, over two days, eight hours with her and I showed her all the scenes I saw. And she was like, I'm in. And then that was March and I was still filming. It was senior year, March, senior year. So she came on board and while I was still shooting, she watched everything from ninth grade on, everything I had. And so when I finished 
filming in June after graduation, um, she was like basically done. And I walked in to the editing and she would call me like when she would watch things. Like it was actually really inspiring to be um, filming and have her call me and be like, oh my God, that scene with Blessing in her house when she reads the the story from her from her kindergarten days, like that's incredible. So it was like really good because she was able to remind me like my long drives back and forth from Baltimore to New York. She would like call me and tell me what she had watched that day. And so it was really helpful and informed me as I went into it because it was it felt fresh in my mind. And then I just walked into her edit suite and she just had like a hundred index cards all color coded with all the stories she saw wow. so we each just, scene up there and then the scenes she saw it, yeah. basically like ev- like I could make a scene out of this I could make a scene out of this I could make a scene out of this and then I'd be like oh wait remember that like couldn't we use that too and so it was just this incredible partnership between the two of us we also both saw the girls in the exact same way which is um, you know, we had the same tone. We didn't want to exploit them. We didn't want to um, fall into any like stereotypical um, tropes. We actually wanted to turn every stereotype on its head at every point we could. You know, the the teenage mom, you know, who has a baby at 15, you know, what happens to that baby? You know, what happens to that mother? And Corey and her mother were just like the perfect, like, <laughs> the perfect way to like turn that on its head you know when when Taylor's mother who's a corrections officer and a beautiful you know black woman says that her, when she was growing up the police were her biggest heroes I mean that's just like unbelievable to some people to hear so it was an incredible process with her and you know we just kind of whittled it down chiseled it down and you know we knew that we had a beginning middle and end in senior year no, it's a, it's a great structure in the film. You're really tied into it. And I think, if, you know, Step really creates a conversation around so many of these things that people have preconceived ideas around. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you found that since premiering at Sundance that there's really been a new conversation starting about all of these issues that are really at the precipice of our culture? You know, I have to say everything since Sundance has kind of been a blur. Um, I think that... Um, you know, the morning of Sundance, the morning we premiered at Sundance was the Women's March. And then we premiered that night at 5.30. And um, the opening of the film of women rising up juxtaposed against the footage of Freddie Gray and the riots and um, the step team has been my opening of my trailer since like the very beginning. So um, when I saw the film start and I saw women like lifting their hands up in protest. I was like, oh my God, that was this morning. And while I think this started out as a way to change a conversation about Baltimore, um, it's also turned into just right now this really incredibly exciting time to be a woman and to um, be a woman in this country. And I feel like there is so much excitement about women coming together. And that's what I think it actually transitioned into in a, in a really powerful way. Now going forward, do you have ideas for other documentaries? Or are you, I mean, I know you're, you've done so many Broadway plays. I mean, are you ready to jump back into that world? Yeah, I actually already started filming my next doc. Um, wow. I had I did one day of filming um, prior to the press tour starting for Step. Um, and I'm really excited about it. And I can't talk about it, but I'm excited about it. And it's you know, I can say it's like something really deeply personal to me. I'm still working on my musicals and plays, but um, I'd really love to to direct a feature uh, musical. 
I'd love to make a movie musical. Could you ever see Step as a musical? Yeah, definitely. I think Step could definitely be a musical. But right now, a feature film being developed around it. Yeah, Scott Rudin and Stephen Cantor, myself, and Fox Searchlight are going to be doing that. That was part of the deal with Sundance. Was a remake, right? So, but honestly, right now we're all so focused on opening this doc about 19 girls from Baltimore City and hoping, praying that it really catches fire and can really make history because I think it'll send a really powerful message about the stories we want to hear and the, the people we want to see on our screens. Lastly, I was just curious, uh, the girls' reactions to seeing the film for the first time. Is that a, a crazy, overwhelming experience for them? So um, it was a crazy, overwhelming experience for me. Um, basically, uh, we did not show it to them until we got to Sundance. Um, we, I planned out with... So they saw it with everybody. No, um, I actually planned a private screening for them the day before our premiere. Um, I spoke, I really consulted with the educators in the school about like how to do it, what was the best way to do it. We all agreed to do it this way. Um, Coach G and Paula decided that they would wait to see it until they were with the girls all together and they wanted to see it with them for the first time. Um, you know, I never made this film because I thought any of this would happen. I made it so the 19 women in it would be proud to have been a part of it. And that's all I thought about when I was making it. And so the whole time I was literally shaking. And at the end, the lights came up and one of the young women, Tamar, was in the front row and she was like all the way down in her seat with tears streaming down her face. And I was like, guys, I'm like, you can ask me anything you want. Like, ask me anything. I'll answer anything. And she was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. And... I was so grateful because she wasn't one of the stars and she still saw like what the film, you know, could be. And um, they were definitely overwhelmed. But I think the next day they saw it with an audience. And so it was like a totally different experience for them, you know, for blessing to hear people cheering when she got on the honor roll. You know, that's a great feeling. Yeah. And you guys won uh, a prize at Sundance too. We did. We did. Inspirational filmmaking. So that was awesome crazy congratulations on the film thank, thank you so you. much for taking the time today thank you for having me thanks for listening to the road to cinema podcast and remember step opens in limited theaters on friday august 4th we'll see you next time